Welcome to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I am your host, Tara Reinbolt, and it is my mission to help you take back control of your life, overcome burnout, and reclaim your happiness. Trust me, if I can do it, you can do it. I went from totally burned out human resources professional looking to find my purpose in life to finally kicking burnout to the curb and finding my God-led mission. If you're ready to start living your best life today, like right now, literally this second, then you've come to the right place. Consider me your own personal business and life coach. Now let's get this party started and dive into today's episode. I hope that you're having an exceptional week. I am going to have an unconventional episode today, and I am going to try to make it short and simple. And really, that's my intention. So I better stick to it. (laughs) So what I want to talk to you about today is something that has been on my mind for the last week. It all started when I was in church two weeks ago. And the funny thing is, I created an episode on how to become happy and how to tap into that lasting happiness, no matter what happens, even when life gets hard, right? And the ironic thing is, I went to church and they had the exact message, talked about the exact same things that I talked about on the podcast. So I thought, okay, that's really interesting. But one slight difference, they talked about how happiness, the key is by following Jesus, which in my previous episode about happiness I talk a lot about following Jesus and incorporating him into your daily life, whether it be through devotionals, podcasts, music, whatever it is that makes the most sense for you, because we're all different. Some of us like to watch video. That's not my thing, but (laughs) some of us do, right? So really identify what makes sense for you as far as what inspires you, what motivates you. And then go do more of that so that you're constantly in this place of being uplifted, being encouraged, right? So the principle was the same, what I taught in the podcast, but it wasn't as narrowed and focused as the church service that I went to, which was point blank, the key to finding happiness is following Jesus, right? So I got to thinking a little bit more on it. When I went to hang out with the ladies that I am a part of a group with on Wednesdays, and we were chatting, and the question came up from the church devotionals that we get, which is, when did you start obeying God and how has it impacted your life? And my answer right away was, The moment that I left my job and decided to focus on him and my family and my mental health. And then I got to thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? 
I didn't obey him in that moment. That's not at all accurate. I thought that he might be calling me to leave my job, which is what helped me make the leap of faith to leave my job. But I was at this breaking point. I was at the end of the road. You know, I was at my lowest of lows at that point. And I was at rock bottom, my friends. And I've talked to you about this before. But I think about it and it wasn't necessarily that I was obeying him. There was a little bit of that, but it was a guess. It wasn't a, I know I need to do this because it was, I think this is the best option. I know that he will provide and I trust. So it was more of a, I trust that he will provide for my family no matter what. And I am going to put my fate into his hands. And the reason why I say it wasn't an obey thing was due to the fact that I was so busy at that point, just swimming in my own head of miserable thoughts that were coming up for me, being scared about leaving my job. Well, what am I going to do next? I never imagined myself being a stay-at-home mom. I'm an only child. I don't think I can do this. I've never been around kids. I love my baby with all my heart and soul, but I don't know if I'm qualified for this. I don't know if I'm equipped for this. All in the name to escape the quote-unquote hell that I was living. Excuse my French on that one. But really, that's what I was thinking and how I was feeling was... I'll do anything to escape this, (laughs) including leaving my job and not knowing if we're going to be okay with having a new baby. I mean, of course, we did the homework and we looked to see if we would be okay. And we figured that we would, you know, given the facts that we had of money coming in, money going out, all of the information, right? But it was still tight and it was still a very stark difference between saving quite a bit to not being able to save at all at the time. So it was a lot. But money to me has always been just a means. It's something that I'm actually kind of lucky that I have not idled it in any way, shape, or form, I thought, you know what, my happiness is a heck of a lot better and worth it than money. Who cares about money? If I'm going to be dead in a few years, I know that's a really, really, um, how do I put it, dark way to go. But as I've mentioned to you guys before, I have seen what stress can do to the body if you do not take care of it. And that's kind of where I was at. And like I said, I handled a leave of absence and I've seen many people come down with long-term issues health-wise. Some came down with cancer and they were workaholics. And so I thought, what good is money if I, A, never get to use it to spend time and share experiences with my family and my friends, right? So what's the point? 
right? It's not. It's just sitting in an account. Like, who cares, right? My time is much more precious than money. So this question, which is interesting because a lot of times when you accept God into your life and you move into that direction, you start to ask a lot of questions. Why this? Why that? That doesn't make sense. Because a lot of the Bible, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And so it starts asking you questions so that you can kind of figure it out for yourself. And then that is where the transformation happens, which is exactly what coaching does. Coaching, we ask you the questions in order to uncover what the lesson is for you in particular. Because as I've talked about before, it's much different saying, hey, I've been there, I've done that, and here are the three steps that you need to take in order to get there. Sometimes that goes in one ear and out the other. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people follow the strategy. Sometimes people follow the tactic. And when you're actually following it, when you're actually doing it, and it makes sense for you and how you're wired, how you think, what you like, what you dislike, right? Sometimes it totally makes sense for you, but sometimes it doesn't. And a lot of times people, especially when they're in a state of overwhelm and they're stressed, they're not necessarily being very consistent with these strategies, right? So when you tell someone, hey, I've been there, I've done that, you should do this, a lot of times they don't (laughs) or they only half apply it. And therefore, they're not going to have that result. They're going to still go back to the thoughts of, well, that didn't work. So if that didn't work, there's really no point to continue down this strategy. Why am I doing this? Right? No point. Moving on to the next. Right? And that's a lot of times with burnout, how we go down that path is, well, that didn't work. I'm going to move on to the next and move on to the next. And we never really stop and ask ourselves the questions that we need. And I was asking myself quite a bit of questions when I realized that, no, I wasn't necessarily obeying God. Yes, to a certain point, but it was more of a trust. And then I got to thinking about the Bible and my journey with it. And the before and the after, like, when did it all change? And what I mean by that is, I remember when I was burned out, one of the tactics or one of the things that I thought would work or would significantly help me was reading the Bible because I was a Christian when I was burned out and I knew, okay, I am go to church, I feel good, I feel inspired. When I read the word of God, I feel inspired. But it's short-lived. And why is that? And I got to thinking about it more and I thought, you know what? It's the intent, right? It was my intent. It was a, I should do this because I'm going to receive, because 
it's going to help me get better. And at that point, I was willing to do anything to get better. Even read a book that I did not understand in any way, shape, or form. Mind you, I was reading a Bible that didn't really have the study application to it, didn't really explain the scripture, and I wasn't raised in Christianity. So I did not have the knowledge that some do growing up as a Christian. So it was like in one ear and out the other for me. And then one day it changed and I wanted to get into the word and I really changed my mindset about a lot of things. Before I thought of the Bible as this sacred book, I still do view it as that. But because I viewed it as a sacred book, I would not highlight it. I would not write in it. Mind you, I don't write in my Bible now, (laughs) but I learn best when I highlight things and then I write things down. And I wasn't doing that when I was, quote unquote, shoulding. I should do this in order to get better, right? I wasn't doing that. It was going in one ear and out the other. But I was still perplexed because I I read scripture and it made me think, like, when did it all change? And that brings me to Luke 8.11. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those that hear, but let the devil take it away from their hearts. And without looking at what it meant, I just wrote down some thoughts. And I wrote down that that was definitely me before I was saved. It would go in one ear and out the other. Yeah, it would momentarily inspire me, but it was like a foreign language in so many ways. So it was not making any sort of impact, or any sort of transformation for me in any way, shape, or form. Then I went and I looked at what it meant, and it says, this describes the person before they're saved. And I thought, ah, well, I guess I'm on to something, right? <laughs> so then the next Luke 8, 12, the rock soil represents those that hear it with joy. So they hear the word with joy, but do not have deep roots. So they believe it, but they do not follow it. And I think, oh my gosh, it's been 10 years since I've been saved. And the majority of that 10 years, I would have to say for eight of those 10, that was me. I was very much into hearing it. It inspired me. I tried to follow it, but it was quickly again in one ear and out for the other. So you're essentially not living it when you're in that phase. And then the thorns represent those that hear, but all too quickly, the message is crowded by the cares and the riches and pleasures of the world. That's Luke 8, 14. So then I thought to myself, well, well, wait a minute. That was me also. I alternated between being inspired when I went to church and then trying to live it out during the week. But during the week... My addiction to work got the best of me. My addiction to 
getting the approval of others got the best of me. And it all stemmed back to in order for me to reach the success that I want, I need to say yes. I need to get the approval of the people that I need to in order to move up in my career. So I became addicted to people pleasing by saying yes, by doing and helping as much as I could, which of course, the more you do, the more you help everybody else, the less time you have to work on your own stuff. And your own stuff has deadlines as well, right? So all you're doing is working a heck of a lot more just to please everybody else. So for me, it wasn't necessarily about the riches and pleasures of the world. It was about popular opinion. But still, it all stemmed back to the world, right? So I definitely alternated between those two states for the entire time that I was a Christian up until two years ago. Now it says 814, the good soil produced a harvest and you essentially, you're producing good fruit at that point and you're getting back 10 times what you put in, right? And that's by hearing it, by living it, by doing it. And now that's the state that I'm in. But 90% of my time of my life as a Christian has not been there. (laughs) And I think a lot of people alternate between the two states that I talked about. And then again, coaching, we ask you the questions. We try to get to the bottom of why you do what you do so that you can move forward, right? And move towards your goals and not let the obstacles that have held you back in the past hold you back any further. You break free of those. And I was asking myself question after question when reading scripture. And that's when I realized that the moment that it all changed for me was when I found my purpose. It was this aha moment. It was this instant transformation in my mind that helped me look at the issues that got me into burnout more objectively. I healed myself from burnout already at that time, but I didn't really dissect the self-sabotaging behaviors that were plaguing me, that were essentially, that walked me straight into burnout, right? And then in addition, it kind of held me back to live out my God-given purpose because it required me to no longer be in my box. It required me to tell the world what it is that I do. It required me to start a podcast. That's when I obeyed. That's an example of me obeying. And in order to move forward, right, I wanted and he put on my heart to tell the world that you're a Christian. Tell the world what I've done for you. Share your testimony. And that was extremely difficult for me. And when I first started this podcast a year ago, I rarely ever talked about God because 
it was intimidating because I did not grow up as a Christian. I did not feel equipped. I did not feel that I had what it took to tell people, right? Because if someone were to ask me a question, I would know probably, right? Because I do not know the Bible like the back of my hand like so many Christians do. I'm not well-versed in scripture. I'm getting there, as I mentioned, because something has switched in my brain that is allowing me to actually make sense of the words that I'm reading. It's no longer a foreign language. But I had to make a lot of shifts in order to get there. I had to treat the Bible as a learning tool and so that I can learn from it, so that I can take away the lessons that God wants me to take away, right? And in order to do that, I need a highlighter. I need to write about it. I need to think about it, which is exactly you know, some of the things that we do in coaching. So it's very ironic that the two really do, they go hand in hand. And for those of you that are skeptical, I completely get it. I've been there and it took someone more like me that is not afraid to be myself. And if I drop the S word, like, oh shit, I can't believe that just happened to me, right? Like, it's more relatable when you meet people that have had maybe a difficult past. They've overcome some obstacles. They haven't had a perfect life, right? Because perfection, oftentimes, it's like, yeah, good for you, (laughs) but that's not my life, right? So I'm here ultimately, to kind of just talk about how when I made that shift and those essentially looked at it from a totally different perspective of I am going to learn. I actually want to learn. And it's not to get, it's not to help heal me. Like that was my mindset before. Now it's I have the desire to learn more because I know, too, that it's going to help me. And I did talk about how it was I wanted it to help me when I was burnt out. But the difference essentially is I never made time. I didn't follow the steps that I follow now, which essentially I decided not to beat myself up when I was first getting into the word and not get frustrated because I didn't know what it meant, right? So in in addition, if I didn't feel like getting in the word, I'm sure some of you that are Christians already or that have dabbled in it and you're like, I've tried it and it is like a foreign language and it doesn't make sense, right? I had to figure out what inspires me, what encourages me, which was podcasts. I love to have emails throughout the day that really pull at the heartstrings and make me want to be a better person or refocus my mind, put me into that grateful, thankful space, right? So once I'm there, then it makes me want to get into the word. And then two, I stop treating the Bible like this book that I wasn't able 
to utilize like any other book. Because if you were to look at any other books that I have, like on coaching or management or whatever it may be from a learning perspective, that book is highlighted up. I have notes all throughout it. And I decided, okay, I'm going to take away this idea that you can't do this, right? You shouldn't do this. And I'm just going to do what makes sense for me. So I had to shift it to that. And then second, I shifted my thinking to let's get in that inspired, desired space where you want to, not because you feel like you have to. And when I'm in that space of, ooh, I want to, I want to learn more, that's when I get the messages. When I force myself to get into the word and I'm not there, sometimes it doesn't have that effect. It is good discipline, of course, to get into the word, but I had to come at it from a different way in order for it to make the transformation and the impact that I knew that it would and that it could, right? And it did. And the interesting thing is you hear a lot of people talk about, oh, well, I read the Bible maybe once a year and every year I have a different takeaway. And that is where people talk about how the Bible is, you know, this nourishment for our souls. And it truly is. And I think the cool thing about it is say I have something on my mind today. I'm dealing with certain circumstances. I'm dealing with things that are prevalent today, right? And then a year later, I'm in a totally different headspace. I have a totally different set of circumstances, right? And then I read the word again. And the cool thing and the amazing thing is that the same passage that you read a year ago that had an impact on you then, and it helped you transform your mind and your perspective, reframe your thinking, whatever it may be, and it helped you last year. Now you're in a different space the following year. The Bible has the ability to transform you and meet you exactly where you're at because we're humans. We evolve. We change. People come in and out of our lives. We change jobs. We change careers, whatever it may be. And our kids, maybe they were infants and now they're toddlers. So you have different seasons of life and the Bible is always going to meet you where you're at. But I know and I want to encourage you that when it shifted for me, was when I found my purpose and I went from feeling like, oh, I have to, I should, it's going to help me feel better, to I want to, I want to learn more. I know that it's going to impact my life, but I actually want to, and it's not a should. It's not a a have to, right? And that for me shifted when I found my purpose. So I just want to throw that out there, that it is possible, and I will be talking very soon about how you can find your God-given purpose, because ultimately, the amazing piece about this that I've been chatting with you guys on and off is once you find your purpose, 
it becomes so big and such a mission that some of your fears that you may have or some of the self-sabotaging behaviors that you've had in the past, you're able to look at them objectively. You're able to say, okay, well, if I truly want to meet the goals that I have for my life, I have to push through this. I have to address these issues. And it really gives you the fuel. It gives you the motivation to do that, right? Whereas before, it's a, I want to, I should, I have to. Whereas now, it's a, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I want to get out of bed. I want to, I just want to shoot for the moon here. I want to climb Mount Everest. I want to go after that goal, right? But (laughs) one step at a time, you can't climb Mount Everest without walking up the mountain first, right? So you got to take it one day at a time, one step at a time. But I'm here to tell you that that is the key to so much. It's the key to helping you overcome some of those things that are holding you back. And It's been weighing on my heart for the last week or so that I should share this just because I know there were so many people like me that it goes in one ear and out the other or you know that you should do things or that you want to do things, but it's so difficult to actually do them and Ultimately, I found that the difference in my life, the transformation that happened in my life was when I, A, I rediscovered who I was. And within that, I realized that all this time, what I was chasing was God. And that's when I found my purpose. And then after I found my purpose, everything made sense. And not only that, my goals seemed possible. The issues that I was dealing with, the fears, the self-sabotage that I was overcoming, it became so easy. It became so doable. And it was so motivational for me to just move forward. I was so inspired. Like, I've got to do this. So if you're feeling like, blah, right, one ear out the other, you get inspired and then it seems impossible to actually live your life the way that you want to, I'm here to tell you that's normal. I think so many of us go through it and we go through it for a long, long time, my friends. And really the answer, as my pastor says, is following Jesus (laughs) and I missed that particular narrow focus when I did have that conversation with you about how to find happiness because I was coming at it from more of a tactical strategy. Like this is how you can get back into being happy at any given time, right? But what's going to sustain you through the ups and the downs of life is knowing that you have a greater mission, knowing that God is working everything out for your good and being able to look back at it and to show yourself the evidence. It all made sense. It all worked out for my benefit. 
even though it was hard at the time, even though it sucked, right? Even though I was wanting to throw in the towel, it all made sense. One door had to close for the right door to open. That was the only way. So I'm here to tell you that it's all going to be okay. Everything that you're experiencing is normal, my friends. But if you want to change that and you want to move into being transformed, start with seeking God and then come find me. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging in there. And I hope that you have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to the Burnout to Bless podcast. I hope that you found value in today's episode, and I pray that you will make the commitment to take back control of your life and that God will give you the courage to move forward to live the life that you were meant to live. If this episode at all inspired you, please do me a huge favor and subscribe to the Burnout to Bless podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and leave me a review. By subscribing, you'll be the first to be notified when new episodes air. And by leaving a review, you'll help this podcast get noticed and hopefully change someone's life. If you're ready to take the next step to overcome burnout and live the life of your dreams, email me at coachinginfo at burnout, B-U-R-N-O-U-T, the number two, blessed.com. Again, that's coaching info at burnout, the number two blessed.com to learn more about my customized coaching programs. Now remember, Rome was not built in a day. All you need to do is take it one step at a time, my friends, and I promise you, you will get to your destination. Until next time.